before we get started, let me tell you about patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There we have exclusive shows such as So Tell Me, an introspective show about my life. That's what So Tell Me is. People apparently love that show a lot. <laughs> um, Hard Asses with Jody B. That is the show that me and Jody B do monthly that um gets a little while. The D&D Podcast, which is a show I do with my son, which is a review show of movies and TV shows and stuff like that. You get to see the side, other side of my son. And we have much, much more stuff to check out there. We also have a show with Mike Fowler and other things that you will just love. So go on Patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. Also, shout out to Patreon producers, Ben Goodwin, A.K. Ghost Rider UK, Mikey Famine, and Douglas Regert Johnson. Thank you, guys. Peace. Welcome to this special edition of the Delvin Cox Experience. Uh, definitely, a, this is more on the experience side of things. This is a little bit of a series I'm doing. I know, don't run away yet. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we're doing a series, a special series on our mental health, and I think this is very important. So we're going to do things a little different here. I got, I'm going to have different guests on every week, which I probably, if you heard the intro, you probably heard it already. Different guests on every week, kind of talk about mental health. And this week I have Teresa on. From Shitty Soul of the Week. <laughs> She's so adorable. She's just bubbly and bright and happy. She's just happy to be on the show. How you doing, Teresa? I am doing good. Thank you for having me. I always love seeing your face. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> we usually do the five for five. We're not doing that. I feel, like, I feel like for this series, I think it'll be a little bit more different. And let's just do this. Okay. I want to start off with this, ask you this question. Where do you think your mental health is as of right now? Absolutely shit. 100%. And that's what we're here for. That's, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Not to hear that your mental health shit. That's a whole other story. But I want, <laughs> you know, I wanted to, in doing this series, have an honest conversation about mental health. And I think people don't talk about it enough and how it actually affects people. I think there's so many elements of it. So what I want to do is get different people's opinions on it and kind of have a conversation about why this is not a more common thing. So let me ask you this. You said your mental health is completely shit right now. Mm-hmm. May I ask why? What's going on? What You don't have to get too much into detail, like personal stuff, but why do you think your mental health is in, and as you say, the shitter? Um, It's basically a lot of things that I've been dealing with just 
a lot of personal stress. Like, as you know, I have a four-year-old son that uh, we're dealing with, you know, the struggles of that. Um, unfortunately, with like my work schedule and my husband's work schedule that like, it's kind of been this way since he was little that, you know, I pretty much been like 90% parent. And, you know, it's no fault of his own. It's just, that's just how our work schedule is. So I end up taking on a lot of the parental burdens. And then between work that but Teresa, on, you're, you're the mom, you're supposed to take on 90% of the parental <laughs> burden. Isn't that, isn't that a thing they say? <laughs> um, it depends on if you, which uh, sphere you're in, if you're in the manosphere or in the trad, then yes, I'm supposed to take on a thousand percent, but I don't know. I grew up in the whole mindset of that, you know, if you can get 60, 40, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's, it's no fault of my husband's. It's basically, it comes down to our jobs that, you know, he's on his work schedule. I'm on my work schedule. There's nothing we can really do about it. Parenting is hard people. I don't know if people realize that it takes a toll on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. So, you know, it's it's not easy. So what is it like for you being a mom, having a job, raising a four-year-old now, right? Yes. What is that, that like? Your day it's to day? not easy. It is not easy, especially because we, we've been dealing with a lot of health issues, like pretty much ever since my son was about six months old. He's had uh chronic croup chronic ear infection so he like it was almost you could set your watch to it that it was he was either getting croup an ear infection or both and so i was missing a lot of time from work my husband was missing a lot of time from work because we kind of had like a one in one out rotation that it's like if i miss a day he misses a day you know just so neither one of us are really getting that hit and we were dealing with that and I shit you not Delvin, it took 20 times within a year of him getting sick with either an ear infection or croup or both before anybody was willing to listen. And we were trying, we were fighting to see a specialist. We're like, something is not right here. And they're like, Oh, he'll grow out of it. He'll grow out of it. And never happened. And so finally, uh, we found this one ENT specialist in town, took him there, and they're like, he needs tubes in his ears. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, because the surgeon was telling me that uh, when they get five or more ear infections in a year, that that automatically qualifies them. He had already had 15 ear infections. Wow. So, Teresa, for those who don't know, what is croup? Croup is basically, it's, it, it sounds like a bronchitis cough, but it's not in the lungs. It's in the airway to where your airway constricts. Okay. And so, and the telltale is that you get that barky cough and it's called strider. And you can, like, if you get close enough, you can almost hear like the vocal cords shake. Like it's, it's. I guess, like, if you've ever heard a death rattle, like, that's almost what it sounds like, that it's like, (gasps) like that, like, it's very quivery. So that's a terrifying thing to have to experience. Yeah, like, I mean, 
it's not quite as scary as like RSV knock on fucking wood that we never had to deal with that with him, but that group is not good, you know, especially to have it basically like every month for, Oh shit. For like three years straight. So that definitely just you saying that that definitely has to take a toll on your mental health and how you see things because you know, like, um, I think I've told this before. Like when my son was born, he was not even a year. He used to have um, seizures a lot. Oh shit! He wasn't even like he had it for like his first year of life. So that was like a terrifying thing on his own. And and I remember specifically because during that time, I was the only one who could work. So while while his mom was taking care of him, I was out working taking care of like you know supporting the family and mentally it affected me a lot because you feel like damn i can't be there for my son mm-hmm. because i have to work and then you keep hearing stories you keep hearing the stories like hey while you're at work i gotta take your son to the hospital because he's having seizures really bad and while you're doing this he has to go to the hospital and it, 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 it weighs a lot on you so i imagine you're feeling a lot of that oh yeah and just, well, and from what I gather, I'm assuming that it was kind of used as a weapon against you. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say a weapon against you. Well, the best way to describe it was, I wouldn't say a weapon, but in, ter- in terms of like when situation got contentious, it became a, a, a point of issue. Like, hey, like, hey, your, your son needs you and you're working. Mm-hmm. But, but, and it's, but it's a catch-22 because if I don't work, we don't eat at yeah. that time. We don't eat. We don't pay rent. Mm-hmm. You know, and th- there's that part of it. So it, it was a very stressful time because he's my firstborn, he, you know, and getting a little bit more deeper into what was going on in my life at the time. I had um, a nephew who passed away who was maybe like a year old. And and that was like, you know, when you start, when you have that happening and then you see your son sick, that weighs a lot on you as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank goodness he's like 18 now. So, you know, yeah. we, we saw through that, but it, it's it's a lot going through your mind with things like that happen. So I can imagine I can kind of feel and relate to what you're going through with like, hey, no one wants to see their kid feel any kind of pain or pressure. So imagine them going through something 15, 16 times, and doctors don't know what the hell going on, because even when the thing with my, my son having the seizures, they didn't know why. They yeah. had no answer. They were like, just take this medicine. We don't know where it's coming from. Doesn't seem like it's a neuro- neurological situation. We just know he's having them, and hopefully he'll grow out of it. And that's just how they, that's how they took it. Hopefully he'll grow out of it. They didn't give us a, de- a definitive answer. They didn't tell us the reason it was happening. Like We don't know. So to go to a doctor and like, we don't know why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And like for a year, it's like, it's a wild, stressful thing. Well, and it is, especially when you're the one advocating for your child and the doctors, they're either brushing you off to the side or they're treating you like you're trying to tell them how to do their job. And it's just like, my kid is fucking sick. Like we should get a punch card because of how many times we're in here. Like, why are you like, where's the red flag? You know? And it's just like, just, 
fix my kid. <laughs> yeah. And, I, 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 and the thing about it, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like a lot of doctors don't have empathy. No, they, they don't. Because they see so much stuff daily, so much wild stuff daily. Like, you know, and, and to give credit to them, it's, it's a hard job. It's a hard mm-hmm. job to deal with. You probably lose people often. You deal with like people who've been killed, who've been who've been shot. Sometimes you deal with people who are dead dead on arrival. So that's a yeah. lot of lot to take in. But I think because like, like I said, anything I think not to make this political or anything like that. But even when you deal with like situations with police officers, mm-hmm. they deal with so much stuff on a daily basis. They lose a little bit of their empathy, and I think that goes with the mental health thing. That's, that's um, we need more conversations as a community to kind of fix these type of things. Like, you know, cops need to be more empathetic. Doctors need to be more empathetic. The world in general needs to be a little bit more sympathetic and empathetic towards people's situations and understanding. And I think that's one of the things I kind of hope to kind of get a grasp from people with when we have these type of conversations. I understand that normalize mental health, for, for one thing. Yeah. Because there are so many conversations that we could be having that we don't have because we are all in our own little circles and groups and we kind of like, oh, your issue's not important because my issue's important. Your issue's not important because my issue's important. Who cares about your issue? Like like you saw today, the whole thing about um, Billie Eilish talking about men don't oh, have to deal yeah. with people. Yeah, the body image debate. Don't have to deal with body, body issue, image issues and stuff like that. I'm like, no. And you saw a lot of men speak like, no, we deal with that a lot. People just kind of mm-hmm. brush it to the side. And this is not me trying to bash from Billie Eilish, but I think she has the kind of opinion that a lot of people have that men just kind of like don't deal with pain. Like they don't deal with trauma and pain and stuff like that. And in fact, if you really look at it, a lot of men are dealing with trauma and pain. Yeah. Well, and even, even like in my posts that I made when I quote tweeted it, that, uh, you know, it's just like men get criticized just as much as women do. It's just that it's almost like it's become ingrained in our culture that men are just supposed to take it and laugh it off. Hence why you have the funny fat guy that it's just like, I know plenty of men and you know, the majority of my friends are male and they've told me numerous times that it really hurts when they get dug on because of, of their weight, their hairline, you know, their, whatever and and that i even made another comment that it just seems really sad to me that you can ridicule a man from anything from his dick size to his height and everything between and that's okay it's funny but the second you criticize a woman all of a sudden like the alarm bells are ringing like uh 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 you can't do that and it's just like why is one normalized and okay and why is one the uh, like not okay when neither should be okay. I, I agree. And I think, um, at least the way I look at it right now, how things are going in our society, this may be a little controversial for me saying this. Lord, forgive me. People are going to go crazy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think when we had the Me Too era of things and people calling out bad behavior, now I will say some things got out of hand and, and a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I can I can say that, but there was good things happening. People were getting called out for things that they shouldn't have been doing, and how they and they were understanding the effects it was having on women, 
black people and other things. Because, you know, when the Me Too thing happened, it just wasn't just that movie. It was a bunch of different social movements and kind of a social awakening that was happening with people where they're like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be shitty to people. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind you know, of an awakening in a yes, sense. Like women say, hey, you know what? You attempting to sexually assault me is bad. We, should, we you know, and, and I think people are like, oh, we shouldn't be doing that. And society kind of woke up with that. Mm-hmm. The counter to that, some things went too far with it. And now we have a situation where people are pushing too far to the other side of it. Yep. Where everything now is either woke, cancel culture, and we're just kind of saying, fuck feelings now. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that's where the problem is. We need to find a middle ground. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing that kind of troubles me about society now, where we just, if you say something's bothering you now, nowadays, like, hey, hey, I don't like what's going on over here. You're being soft or you're being too woke and stuff like that. And, and, mm-hmm. if, you, and if, you, if you don't speak up against things like that, it's like, we just lost our balance. Somehow, some way, there was a balance that we had that was kind of, it was a little bit obscured. It was like it was like maybe like 40, 60. Like like, you know, but we, we had a sense of humor, mm-hmm. but we still like watch things that we said and we're trying to be respectful as possible to people. Now it's like, nah, fuck your feelings. We're gonna say what we want to say because that's what the side we live in now. And I think that we need to find a better balance of that. Well, and and that's it right there too, that it's just like it's it's walking this tightrope and I mean, even from a personal standpoint that I know, like, I, I've been very open with you guys as far as like shit that goes on with me, but it's like, it's, it's become this whole thing to where for one, I don't want to burden people with things that are going on with me just because, you know, everybody's got their own problems and it's, it's not like you're deliberately trying to be standoffish. It's more like, kind of protecting yourself especially because of the fact that if you if you let too much out it can either be used against you or brushed off which for me like that has happened so many countless times to where it's it's either like I said been used against me and you know all of a sudden now everybody knows my personal business or that it's just like whatever just grow up you know stop being a baby or whatever and it's just like we need to find that balance of compassion now that being said that with the age that we live in that even with like personal problems that you have people claiming that they have post-traumatic stress disorder because somebody made fun of them on the internet it's like sorry, sweetheart, it doesn't work that way. Like that, you need to get over because shit happens. Now, if you were in a car accident that almost killed you and you got post-traumatic stress order, got it, (laughs) you know? But it is that it's just a weird time that we live in that, yeah, I mean, compassion is out the window. And I think you have people who either it's all or nothing that you have people who are guarded or you have people who are just saying way too much fucking shit. And it almost casts a disbelief that it's just like, 
is this true? Is this attention seeking? I'm glad you brought something up. And I think it's a really good thing to touch on. I think that um, as I'm learning, society is changing in a way where, like, not even that long ago. I would even, I would even go as far as say, before the pandemic, I think people use social media as a way to connect and to kind of get their thing, their points across and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it was cool. And you probably can go further back, but now social media has become a lot of people's life force, a lot of people's income, a lot of people's social circle. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think with that happening, what I think a little bit of humanity has been lost because of it, because people just don't know how, don't have social cues anymore. They used to like manners, simple things that we used to, we take for granted. People don't have manners. They don't know how to talk to people. But at the same time, people, when they lose the social media, they lose a part of themselves almost. Mm-hmm. Like they, can, they can't disconnect. Like you, like you said, like somebody say like, Hey, I'm having post departum stress from social media and, and and it's causing so much pain to me. People at some point I want to say, like, you know what, just don't go on it. Yeah. That's the the first that's my first initial reaction. Don't go on it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think it's now become a situation where people just can't go not go on it. Because they built so much on social media and depend so much of the gratification that comes from social media. In terms of like, hey, I have my friends on social media that I talk to every day, and now I can't talk to them anymore because of whatever situation it is that I've had, and people just don't go out and conversate with people anymore like we used to. Like before, no. I remember growing up, and I, I, I'm sounding old, growing up, and you have your inner circle of friends you saw in the neighborhood and stuff like that, and you can kind of hang out with and go around. You don't really see that anymore. Not really, no. Yeah, kids like kind of meet on the internet and just hang out. Like, whether it's like in Fortnite servers and DM groups or Discord. So, whereas somebody saying, I don't want to talk to you anymore on social media, wasn't really a big thing to us. No. It's like, it's like destroying them because, like, these are, they, this, these are my people. Well, and I, I know, like, it seemed like this. The quote seriousness like when it seemed like real life was merging or like how do i say this that social media became real life was like with facebook yeah how like god forbid if you didn't add a friend or if you removed somebody like they took that shit personally because i remember that happening like because i didn't even want to join facebook to begin with but everybody was on there and they're like oh it's so much fun and it's like, fine, whatever, I'll join it. And one of my former friends, that all she would do is, she, for one, she would comment on, like, everybody's posts. And then she would just, like, repost, like, basically it was, like, spam emails or, like, the forward emails to where it's this, like, grandma pictures, you know, like, <laughs> a minion in an outfit or whatever. And it's just like, I don't want to see this shit anymore. So I just unfriended her. Like within 10 minutes of me unfriending her, 
she sends me the scathing text being like, oh, so I guess we're not friends anymore. And it's just like, what? Like this, what we're doing right now, like this is real life. Like this is a website. Like, I'm sorry. Like your page is lame. I don't want to see it. Like you have fun with it. It's not for me. Oh, well, I guess I'm just not good enough. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that and that's when it started. Yeah, you're correct. People just kind of like take that stuff really serious. Like even when you, it's it's funny that they they make it a thing now, but you can tell when people break up, like celebrities break up because they unfollow each other on Twitter mm -hmm. or on, on Facebook. Like why does that matter? <laughs> but it's it's a thing. Social media has so much power over our society today. And I'm glad we, we're talking about it now because it affects people's mental health. Yeah, it does. And one of the things I appreciate about you, one of the reasons why I want to have you on this podcast series, at least, um, is because you're one of the people that I know when social media becomes too much, you say, hey, I'm logging the fuck off. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be gone for a while. And when you and you know, when I when you first said it to me, I'm like, hmm, that's that's weird. You know, <laughs> she can just like like put it down and like just say, hey, I'm going for a couple of days. But then I got it. I like you know what that makes perfect sense. Sometimes you got to decompress, you got to delete the app, you got to get away from everything because mentally it takes a toll on you. And what I mean by it is, you feel like okay. My friends are messaging me. I need to answer them, their responses. I have to check to see what is going on right now. I have to see what's going on in the news because the news is on social media now. That's how we find out everything. We literally find out when celebrities die the moment they die because of social media. Yeah. And, and so it's so much going on there. Sometimes you have to like shut it off. Well, and see, the thing with me, and I know like I brought this up in our group chats that as far as like the incessant like stimulation from social media, like that's only a small part as far as like when I say, hey, I'm gonna bounce or like when I just like full transparency people here that I had about a couple days ago or about a week ago or something. And like, I just up and left everything. Like I left all my group chats, everything, no notice, like whatever. And for me, when I get in those frames of mind, it's basically I'm punishing myself because when I get in that state that it's more of I, I have it built in my head that I don't deserve to have fun. I don't deserve to talk to people. People don't want to talk to me. So I'm out. So. Let's get to it. Why do you feel like you don't deserve to have fun? Why do you feel like people don't, you don't deserve to talk to people? Why do you feel like you have to punish yourself like that? <laughs> I'm, I'm asking this not only as a podcast question, because, because I actually care about you. Uh, well, and I appreciate that. And you know, you know, I care about you too. Yes. And it's, see, that's a million dollar question, which that like, I'm actually a little frustrated today because I was supposed to have a therapy session and I was sitting in the fucking telecommute or the telecall. She never showed up. 
Oh. Waste, yeah, wasted 45 minutes of my time just sitting there waiting. And I I honestly don't know. Like this this has been my method of madness, I guess, for years. Like ever since I was in my teens, like it, it's not like I came from a negligent home experience or, you know, I was never, I never really had that bad of a childhood. It's just anytime I feel like I am not adequate enough or good enough, like then the depression starts slowly seeping. I, I guess from what I've talked with other people that it's considered like intrusive thoughts to where I literally will have like an internal conversation. Like I can hear my voice all day, just berating me being, you know, just saying you're not good enough. People don't want to talk to you. Like, Oh, you said this and this person's mad at you. This is why you got the reaction that you got. So why even bother talking to anyone today? You're not good enough. And then it just kind of keeps spiraling. And basically it gets to a point to where it's just like, these people do not want to be around you. They do not enjoy you. Just leave. And so that's basically what happens that I just completely, as, as cruel as it sounds, I pretty much just ghost everybody. And like, I know it's very unfair to other people just because I know that that causes a lot of concern, a lot of worry. And I'm not doing it purposely. It's just when I'm in that frame and this can last anywhere from a day up to a couple weeks to where like I'm just berating myself and I don't know why. I honestly don't know why, but I've been like this for years. I kind of relate to that. I kind of understand that. I think um, sometimes we get in our own head. We sometimes feel unworthy and un- unimportant and unappreciated. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we kind of, even when we're doing good, seems like like it, this shouldn't be right. We don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve this element of happiness. And I think I kind of re- relate to that. I can understand that. But just know, just know this, Teresa. You have people that care about you. You have people that love you. You have people that respect you. You cannot let those kind of thoughts get into your head. You have to talk to people. You have to let them know, like, hey, so we can support you. Because, you know, I, I think it's very important in times like that. If we if we have that support system, then go to that support system and, and kind of lean on them. And don't feel like, because I know those thoughts, because I've had those thoughts. Don't feel like you're putting people out of the way and you're being a burden on people because you feel down or depressed or you're going through something. Mm-hmm. People who really care about you are gonna want to want to make sure you're okay, and yeah. they're gonna and they're gonna want to have that conversation with you. Like, um, not to make this about myself, but I've had several situations with people, and this is also one of, the, one of the many reasons why I want to have this conversation because I've had people that I've seen going through something on social media, and I I, I may barely talk to them. Mm-hmm. But I I reach out to him because I see that I see the dark path coming, mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't even be following me. 
I'll just see something. They'll follow somebody I know. And see, I'll see something crazy like, I think I'm going to end it all. And I'll send them a message. Say, hey, you okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times, they rant. They go on a, like a four message rant about everything that's going on in their, in their life. And I just sit there and listen. And I talk to them and I have a conversation with them. And just let them know it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because I know if I was going through something, I want somebody to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will say, like, you, you are very stellar. And, I mean, even with our little circle that we have of friends that, you know, it's, this is probably the best circle of friends that I've ever had just because, like, we will. Like, everybody will check in on each other, like, especially if someone's been a little too quiet that it's just like, yeah. hey, what's going on? You know, just to check in. And it's, it's, it's not a rarity in my life, but it's something that I don't have much of because as far as like my real life, I have my husband and my son. Like those are the two main people in my life. Yes, Yes, I have my family. I have my sisters, but there it's not the greatest relationship. And so it's basically to where I do not divulge personal information to them just because there's been situations that have occurred that has caused me to lose trust. And (laughs) as sad as this may sound, like in my real life, I do not have friends. Like I don't have anybody I can just call up to, you know, hey, let's go out for coffee or anything like that. So I guess tying it back into the whole, you know, kind of the importance of social media that it's just like the friendship group that I have right now, you know, with like you and Mike and Jody and, uh, you know, Brandon and Red and everybody else, that that is so important to me just because for one, I have finally a friend group that it's just like I, I don't have to be afraid to be myself. But knowing that I can reach out, even though I'm stubborn as fuck and I, I do my weird little shit, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, that, that to me is extremely crucial, especially with everything that I do have going on. Yeah, I agree. I I appreciate having a friend group that you can reach out to and you can conversate with and I've always said this because, you know, when I was younger, you kind of picked the friends you wanted to have, but at the same time, you kind of didn't mm-hmm. because you kind of fit into whatever social circle they put you into. Like, you know, I know people like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, you can either be a jock or you can be a nerd or you can be this and be that. Yeah. Basically, kind of, kind of who people you hang out with. But with social media, you kind of can find your own tribe. Mm-hmm. And you can be with your own tribe, and you communicate with your tribe and get along. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about it, where like the people that you have in your circle now, you know for a fact they care about you mm-hmm. because they choose to be with you, they choose to talk to you, they choose to share with you, they interview, they picked you. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing about it. And I think that's one of the powers, one of the good things about social media, that you can, you can pick the group you want to be a part of. 
and you can communicate and you can relate to those people and you can share with them and build with them. So I know people always say the internet's not real and I understand why they say that. People aren't real. Mm -hmm. But the connections you make with certain people are real. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and and that's the thing that it's just like you you can't take away from the real because you are dealing with real life now yes. as far as what they're telling you that's up for debate you know not everybody is going to be you know truthful but as to far be as fair, they are to be fair that also happens when you when in real life as well exactly and, <laughs> and you pretty much finished my thought that it's just like that happens in real life all the time so it's it's just like picking real life friends or friends that you make on social media it's a gamble and hopefully, you know, you find your right people and you can stick with them. I agree. I, I appreciate you, Teresa. Oh, I appreciate you too, Delvin. And I'm glad we're having this conversation. And before we end it, I, want, I, I think I should share things with you and let you know. I want you to know, because this is episode one, but I want people to leave and know these things. Teresa? You are loved by me and many others. I appreciate you. I respect you. And above all, if there's anything you ever need, I will be there. Elvin, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I say this because I think we don't tell each other enough how we care about each other. And I, and I say this to you because I want you to know in those moments where you feel alone, you're not alone. You have people who love and respect you and want you to be okay. So I appreciate that. <laughs> God damn it, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> so I want you to leave this knowing that we appreciate you, we love you, respect you, and you don't have to go through this alone. There are people out there who go through these mental health issues all the time and they go through it mm -hmm. alone. I think we're blessed to know that we have people that can help us. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's, it's, it's super important that we reach out to each other. And I applaud you for getting a therapist, even though your therapist didn't show up today. <laughs> yeah, I got ghosted by my own therapist. <laughs> but I applaud <laughs> you for doing that. But also know if your therapist's not there, you have people that you can talk to to kind of cope, cope you and kind of share in the things that you go through. And oh, I, and, and I appreciate that. Definitely. And I think people should know that you're not alone. They're not alone. Reach out to people. Reach out to your friends and family. If you don't have friends and family to reach out to, reach out to me. Shoot me a line. I'm on Twitter. You can shoot me a line and I'll talk you through some things. Well, and I, I do got to say, too, that, you know, I, I do. I, I appreciate that so much. And, you know, it, it's also a two-way street that it's just like, you know, I'm here for anybody. It's just, you know, like I said, that, yeah, we all have our shit going on, but it's just like, hey, anybody who needs to talk, <laughs> I, I'm looking for reasons to not have to work. <laughs> so my DMs are always open. Like, you know, I, I may not be the best, you know, I tell this to everybody who needs to vent that it's just like, I may not be the best at giving advice, but hey, there's always room on my shoulder and my ears are always open, you know, so it's just, it, it's just nice that, you know, here I am at 37 years old, that it's just like, I finally have like a good, 
like real life support system, you know, with my husband and my son, even though my son can't really do much, but God damn it, he gives the best hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, with my, uh, well, I, I'm not even going to say my internet friends. You guys are my friends, yes. you know, my, my friends that I found on the internet. There we Correct. go. You know, that it's like, I'm so glad that I have this finally in my life. And, you know, you guys, you guys have been awesome and I love every single one of them. So you almost made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Teresa, let them know where to find you at because they definitely need to find you and talk to you and check out Shitty Song of the Week, which is a great podcast that you're on. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, if, if you want to look me up on Twitter, you can find me. My handle is assistant treads and that's assistant. And then T R E A D S <laughs> it's a long story. But that's where I'm at. Um, you can also listen to shitty song of the week that I just joined them back in, I believe March of this year that I'm the official translator, info hole, and producer of the show. So, and we're winding up for Shitty Song of the Year. And holy shit, these next few weeks are going to be a fucking whirlwind, but this is going to be a fun goddamn time. It is. It definitely is going to be a fun time. Guys, check it out. If you like terrible music, there's a lot of terrible music out there to talk about and have fun with. So definitely check out Shitty Song of the Week. And check out Teresa on social media. Hell yeah. Thank you, guys. We're not doing, as always, Dumb Cosmetics Free Album. We're going to do, because that's about me. As always, be good to each other, and you're amazing.